Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with The Rev and this is now episode 38. We're closing in on 40 episodes now. We'll reach that within next week. But in today's episode, we're going to talk about the team with the best shot to trade for Drew Holiday, our thoughts on the 76ers pursuing James Harden, if Portland should try and trade for Gordon Hayward, and then we're going to wrap up our basketball portion of the podcast by talking about Giannis to Miami rumors. For the football portion, we're going to be talking about the AFC South and predicting our winner for that division, if the Giants and Broncos should move on from their franchise quarterbacks, supposedly in Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, recapping the trade deadline, and giving our power rankings for Week 9 as well as doing our pickums for Week 9 because last episode the camera didn't record it. So we're going to be doing all that. This 11 topics this episode. It's a lot of topics. Let's go. I'm ready. Glad to be here. Thirsty already? Yes. <laughs> that was that was a that was a long that was a lot of stuff. So we're gonna get right into it. The first topic. What team has the best shot to trade for Drew Holiday Riv? I wanna know your answer for this one. Um I think I I threw a couple trade packages myself. I wanted to see try to mix and match and see where I could go with this. And I, I came up with four. Four teams, the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Bucks, and the Nets. And I think out of those four, I think the Clippers and the Nets have the best chance. And I say that's because they have the best six mans on the team mm-hmm. in the league. They, the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie, 20-point score off the bench. They could also throw in Jared Allen. They could throw in the draft pick. And then you got the Clippers who could throw in Lou Will and Pat Bev. You know, they got a, a guy, Lou Will, who's also a 20-point score off the bench. So I think those two teams have the best chances right now. I don't agree with three of your teams because the Clippers, I feel like their cap space, they have way too much cap space tied into Kawhi and Paul George to try to trade for somebody making well, that's, that's where I 20 threw. mil. That's where but I, I think Lou Will is making like five mil. Eight. Eight mil. Yeah, you He's gotta, still making nothing. Well, Pat Bev makes 13. So if you put 13 plus eight, 21, what Drew makes about 25. It's going to be hard to do. Yeah. The team I like the most is the Nets. I think they have the most assets to try to trade for Drew Holiday. They have Karis LeVert, who's averaging 19 points per game, who came off that season. They have Dinwiddie. They have Jared Allen. And they have the 19th pick in the draft. So I think Brooklyn makes the most sense because they have the most assets and they need Drew Holiday because they were ranked 19th in defense last season. So bringing him in, they're going to jump in that area. But a team that people aren't talking about are the Warriors. Mm. For Drew? Yeah. I want to hear this. It. I want to hear this. The Warriors can offer up Andrew Wiggins and the contracts match with Drew Holiday. If they can throw in Andrew Wiggins in a second overall pick, which that's very lucrative for the Pelicans if they want to rebuild to get that second overall pick, maybe potentially have the ability to get LaMelo or you Anthony would throw, Edwards. You, wait, wait. You would throw Andrew Wiggins in that second pick for Drew Holiday? I big, think I think lot. it's I think it's reasonable. You could throw the second pick and ask for the Pelicans first round pick in return, but I think it's reasonable the Warriors would do it because you pair Klay Thompson and Drew that may be one of the best defensive duels in the NBA along with Draymond Green. That's going to be really good. I'm going to tell you why I I disagree to a sense because Klay Thompson as a defender, he's a great great on-ball defender, great perimeter defender. I'm not knocking him for that. But 
I wouldn't I wouldn't feel comfortable walking into a game and based off Klay Thompson frame, I'm not comfortable with him guarding LeBron consistently, guarding Kawhi consistently. He I don't think he's big enough. If I, if I'm looking for a guy as if I'm the Warriors, I'm looking for a wing type guy, like a six seven, six eight guy that could defend. That's why I don't think Drew Holiday putting Drew Holiday in the I think it would help Steph, but sliding Clay to the three, I don't think would make sense in a defensive standpoint. I think the Nets would probably offer up the best thing, but I don't know who they're going to go with, Dinwiddie or Levert. I would say trade Dinwiddie. I would say Levert. You think so? I think Levert has a higher ceiling than Dinwiddie. He's more injury prone, and that's his biggest knock. But if you look at the numbers last year, they're like neck and neck. I mean, Holiday's averaging 19-5-7, and seven, Levert 19-4-4. Four four. Holiday shot 35% from the three, Levert shot 36% from the three. Like, their numbers are very identical. So I think Levert has a higher ceiling, so I'd probably go with him. But why not? Why can't they get both? I think they could get both for Drew. You think they can get Dinwiddie and Levert? I think they can get both for Drew because I think the Nets are desperate for a a third star Mm. to pair with Durant and Kyrie. And I think Drew is that player. Like, Karis Levert can score. He can play the point. But Drew's better than him. Yeah, and he's also a way better defender. Karis Avert, when you think about defenders, his name doesn't come up. Dame has called Drew one of the best defenders. He actually called him the best perimeter defender in the should. NBA. He locked him up very bad. Yeah, I, getting both is – if they can, if the Pelicans can get both, that would be good for them in a sense because you get a, a guy who – you get two guys who can score and a guy that coming off the bench. I don't know if it would help the Nets if they lose both because – the, t- the reason why their team is good because they have depth. So you're losing a guy to come off the bench, and you're losing another guy. But if, you, if you're looking for that third star, I mean, they do have Jared Allen. They could throw in there. He's young. They have DeAndre Jordan. He, they could throw in there. I, I just, giving up both is crazy, though. I don't. I don't, I don't think they'd go. They'd want the. I don't think the Nets would trade DeAndre Jordan mm-hmm. because Kyrie and Durant wanted him to go that is with true. with them to the Nets. That's why I'm not sure about DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, Jared Allen, Jared Allen, Jared, Jared, Allen. Jared <laughs> Allen. I like. There's a tongue twister right there. I like Jared Allen, but I was like trying to mess with the trade machine mm-hmm. the other oh, day on on the app. Yeah, on ESPN, I was trying to mess with the trade machine, and that trade doesn't work Dinwiddie. for Drew Holiday. Okay. Like Dinwiddie or Levert, or even all three of them, they don't work for Drew Holiday because his salary is too much. Drew Holiday is getting like 26 million a year. Dinwiddie, I think, is like Karis and Dinwiddie are both are like at that ten million a range year. Dinwiddie, Prince, and Allen because Prince, Prince makes works about, better. Yeah. Prince works better. They'd have to probably they ha- they'd have to throw in Prince, Allen, and then somebody else. Mm. So they'd be giving a lot of depth regardless if they go with Dinwiddie and Levert or Levert and a combination of other players. Yeah, yeah. Prince has to go though. That's why I think I like the Golden State trade the most because you're just trading up Wiggins for Holiday straight up. And you talk about the Warriors needing a wing. Like, yeah, Andrew Wiggins is 6'8", but he's not a defender. Like, I'd rather have Drew Holiday at the two and then slide Clay to the three because Clay's 6'7". Well, how do, you, how, do you, how do you feel about this one? Instead of getting Drew, Andrew Wiggins in the second pick for Paul George. I don't think the Clippers will do that. No, I'm just saying hypothetically, like don't like I'm talking about like a wing like that. Like I'm not saying keep Wiggins because obviously he's never. I'm talking about get it like a wing like that. I don't think, I don't think they would do that at all because 
the second pick and Wiggins is not worth a Paul George level player. Mm. Like I think the second pick, this is one of the this is one of the few drafts that they're really it's a really unknown it's a, it's a toss up, right? This draft is a toss up. So last year, if we knew the second pick was going to be Zion or Ja, most likely it was going to be Ja, it would have made more sense because you knew you were getting an all-star level talent. With this draft, you're not really sure. You don't know what LaMelo's going to be. Wiseman, you don't know what he's going to be. Edwards, he's probably like the most sure thing. But even then, you don't know if he's just going to be a scorer and a non-defender. There's a lot of question marks. So I think that's why I think for Drew Holiday, it makes sense. This is one of the few drafts that the second overall pick and the player is Mm -hmm. kind of worth a Drew Holiday type of player. Right, right. Because Wiggins, he's kind of been a disappointment up to this point in his career. I could see it. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I could see it. I, I like the Nets better, but a Golden State trade wouldn't matter. But then that, that means you're bringing in a guy who's now your starting five consists of a bunch of 30 year olds. You know, Steph is 33, Clay is 31, Drew Holiday is 31, and then uh, Draymond's 31. So you, that's a pretty old lineup you got in there. They want to win now. Yeah. They want to win now. I mean, the Nets discussed a trade with the Pelicans before the trade deadline last year for Drew Holiday. Mm. So they were trying to get him last year. So they've had constant communication. That may help in the trade talks. But there's a lot of teams that have been calling. I'm, I know Denver's one of them. Indiana's one of them. So who do you think gets them in the end? I like the Nets the most. It's probably going to have to be a three-team trade mm-hmm. because they don't have the players to just straight-up trade for Drew Holiday because the contracts don't match. They'd probably have to bring in another team. But I think the Nets make the, make the most sense because the Pelicans can get the most assets and proven players from the Nets. I mean, Jared Allen, Levert Dinwiddie, those three are proven players. I agree. Jared Allen, I don't, like, I'm not sure on him because they already have Jackson Hayes and Favors. Mm-hmm. But Levert and Dinwiddie make a lot of sense, especially Dinwiddie because they need a point guard. I know people love Lonzo, but... Yeah, we got like, it. No, we he's got inconsistent, it. so you're not really sure what you're getting with him. I agree. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> so another NBA rumor is James Harden to Philly. We know that Daryl Morey signed with the Sixers. He's actually getting about like $10 million a year. I think his GM contract is even more, well, his president of operations contract is mm-hmm. even more than what Phil Jackson got with the Knicks. Was it like five years, $60 million I gave him? Yeah, I think Daryl Morey is getting a, a little a little bit more. And it's no – he loves James Harden. Oh, my God. And the 76ers are eyeing him. In my opinion, I don't think they get him because the Rockets have already said if the Rockets try to trade James Harden – well, if the Sixers try to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up, they're going to say hell no. Mm. Like, it's not even – they're going to say no flat out. Like, it's not even a deal. The player they'd have to trade is Joel Embiid. I don't think Doc wants. I think Doc likes uh, the Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons pairing. My question to you is: Let's. I just want to throw out a quick, a quick hypothetical, right? Say Embiid goes, right? Goes to Houston. They get Harden. Where would you put Philly in the East? James Harden, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson. Where would you put Philly in the East? If it's James slash Ben Simmons, like that's the duo. Mm-hmm. I'd put them behind Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie. Mm. I'd put them behind them. And my gut feeling is telling me that Giannis is going to Miami. And if he does go to Miami. This, this season. 
I don't know about this season. So, Maybe okay, next so season. Next season. So then the Bucks are still a sixty-win regular season team. Possibly, yeah. But I, I kind of have that feeling with Giannis to Miami. So if he goes, I have Giannis and Butler, KD and Kyrie ahead of James and Simmons, even James and Embiid. That that's why to me I think even getting James Harden to Philly doesn't put them over the top mm-hmm. because their role players, a bunch of the players they have, it just doesn't fit. Right. Like they don't fit like Tobias. He's very inconsistent. Josh Richardson, they probably have to trade him as well to get James Harden. So, like, who are they going to be left with? James Harden, like, Shake Milton, Tobias, Ben Simmons. Shake is a 44% three-point shooter. Al Horford. He's terrible. I, you know, you're going to be left with these players that aren't good. very good. And I don't think they fit. I think the the rumors, I, I understand the, the rumors because, you know, like you said, Daryl Morton, he loves James Harden. He wants... He wanted him to win so bad, but I think at this point, Philly needs to look at their two stars, and they need to build from the top down. They need to get the role players out of there. Tobias Harris, they should have never paid him 36 mil, but that's in the past. Now you got to figure out how to get him out of there. Al Horford, you shouldn't have paid him either. Now you got to figure out. How to, now they have a bright spot, Matisse Thybul. He's really good, great defender. That's their one bright spot. Ben Simmons obviously is a bright spot, but he's hurt. He's offensive. He's he's a liability in the fourth quarter on offense. He's great defender. Joel Embiid, they don't fit. So they have to figure out what's their system and what they can roll with and who are they going to ride with for the rest of the for the rest of their career because Ben Simmons is a franchise player. Let's be let's be honest. I can't believe you're disrespecting James Harden like this. I, I say that because I don't, if I don't, Philly has a chance to get James Harden, you get James Harden. I, I, I get that, but I don't think like you said, I don't think James Harden is you get James Harden? I don't think you're a chip team. You're still a championship team. I think that's your. You can make it there with Simmons. You know for a fact. If Giannis you're not that. goes to the heat, the heat, the Sixers will never beat them. Never beat them, especially if it's James Harden and Ben Simmons. No Embiid. If it's James Harden and Embiid, they can. They have a chance. No, you still yes, don't have a do. chance. Yes, they do. I think you're disrespecting James Harden because if you can. Trade for James Harden. You trade for him. He's a top five player in the NBA. He's not a top five player. Yes, in the NBA. he is. Well, that's the debatable. He's a, he's a debatable, top five debatable, player in the NBA. Debatable, debatable. James debatable. Harden is a great player. He's a Hall of Fame player. Ben Simmons, yes, he's a good player. You called him a franchise player. I don't think he's that. I think Ben Simmons is a complimentary player to another star, like a James Harden if he was to go to Philly, but he's never going to be a first option in his life. You don't have to be a first option. Jason Kidd was never a first option. Franchise player. Steve Nash was never a first option. He was he was Jason Kidd was the best player on his team. Okay, but he was never a first option though. But he's the best player on his team. Ben Simmons can be the best he, player no, on his team. All right, on, let's, on, a, on a team that can make the championship? No. Let's all right, let's 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 dissect this real quick. Ben Simmons. All right, James Harden, he goes to he goes if James Harden and Embiid square up against Miami and they got Giannis and Jimmy and Tyler Hero. I don't see it. Like I, I don't see the reality in where we see James Harden and them beating without him. Giannis or with Giannis. With Giannis, I'm talking about with Giannis because we're, right, we're well, all in agreement. Giannis is probably gonna, that's that's for next next topic. But okay, Brooklyn. How are they going to beat Brooklyn? Which what, how are you going to beat Brooklyn? What do you mean? How are you going to beat Brooklyn with James Harden and Ben Simmons or James Harden and B? What are you going to do? James Harden and B. That's if 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 it's James and Embiid, they can beat Brooklyn. No, they can't. Yes, they can. You don't have an... I'm telling you, no, they can't, man. Yes, they can. Why? Why can't they? Kyrie, KD, if they get Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, even if they don't. Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. Okay, what about that? Tobias, like Joel Embiid. Are you serious? That's get, the first oh, guy you name? 
No, the, I'm just saying. I'm naming their players. Matisse Thibel, who can play really good defense. You even mentioned him. He can play great defense. Like And James Harden. Like, James Kevin Harden. Durant. I don't think people acknowledge how great James Harden is. Like, it's James Harden. It's James Kevin Harden can drop 40 on anybody on any given night. It's, it's James Harden. No, I know it's KD. No, no, no. But you, like you're saying, it's James Harden. I need. To, I, I know KD. it's KD. Okay, James Harden and KD, for me, they cancel out. Like, it, okay, I think Ky- they cancel out. All right, so out. playoff. We're talking about playoff time, right? Yeah. Kyrie and Embiid. I don't even know which way we lead to that. Kyrie and Embiid, it really depends because if it I put, if I put Matisse Thybulle on Kyrie. What about it? Like, he'll still get his buckets, but. I've seen him, I've seen him dominate Clay before. So I, I know. But then who's going to guard Joel Embiid? Well, that's where you have the. I'm not saying they can. I'm not saying they can, but that's where you have two bigs. And then your third option. Who's the next third option? That's what Levert they need. Or Dinwiddie. Lavert. If I'm being honest, I'd rather have Tobias as my third option. No, because I know at least with Dinwiddie, you know what you're going to get every night. Tobias Harris, you don't know what you're going to get every night. He's very inconsistent. Dinwiddie's a consistent guy who's going to do the think, same thing. I think people underestimate how much better James Harden makes his teammates. Okay. I think people really do. I think you you pair him up with Tobias Harris, where Tobias doesn't have that pressure to kind of because last year he was kind of having to fill that Jimmy Butler role. That's what they they signed him long term. He had that pressure on him. What about the year when Jimmy was there? When Jimmy was there, he was kind of an outcast player. Because because I mean you were you have Simmons dominating the ball, then Butler, then Embiid has to get his touches. Tobias is kind of like the odd man out. But if you have Harden, Tobias, and Embiid, and that's your that's your big three, that's your three, then I think you can do some damage. I think you know that James Harden is the closer. He's the guy who's going to have the ball. Embiid is the second option, and Tobias is the second option to create off the dribble. I'm, but what was what's the confusion with? It's the same thing. James Harden is going to dominate the ball. You said Ben Simmons dominated the ball. James Harden is the closer. Jimmy Butler was their closer. Oh, it's different because James. What, what for one, Jimmy Butler isn't the facilitator. James Harden is. I'm not saying like he is. Not. But ben Simmons is. Yeah, but he's not the score that James Harden is either. Okay. We're not so, saying, so we're not I know, saying. but that that take. I mean, it's easier to guard Ben Simmons. We know that because people are sagging off of him. It's right. harder for him to create shots, especially in the playoffs. We've seen it. With James Harden, is much easier. Yeah. I'm just in the belief that if you can make players like. P.J. Tucker and Clint Capella. Like, Clint Capella was a borderline, borderline all-star with James Harden. If you can make players like that better, then I don't think there's any question that he can make Embiid along with Tobias better. Like, I know that, like, people underestimate James Harden's greatness way too much. If the Sixers can do a trade to get Harden, they should do it in a heartbeat. If it doesn't if it doesn't involve giving up, like, their whole team for it, obviously. Right. But if they can do a package with... Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, and somebody else or some picks, then they do it. But I'm not sure if Houston is is going to accept it because James Harden is a, a top five player. So, you know, you're not going to accept the Ben Simmons and Josh, Richards for, Josh Richardson for James Harden trade. You're just not. I mean, if you have the opportunity to get a top six player in the league, then obviously, yeah, you make the push. I just don't see – him as taking Philly over the top to get to me. Like, I don't think regardless of where he is, I don't think he's going to the finals in the East or the West. I think because the East is much weaker, I think he can. He has a shot. He has a way better shot of making it out the East than he does the West. Yeah, I agree. Next topic. You know the Portland Trailblazers, they barely made the playoffs this past year because they were injured. Two years ago, they were the third seed in the NBA, but we're always questioning whether – 
we're always questioning them about their third star because they've never been aggressive to try to get one. But now it might be their shot. Gordon Hayward, there have been rumors that he wants out of Boston. Are we still classifying him as a star? Gordon Hayward? I think he has that type of potential. But do you think that Portland should make a push and try to trade for Gordon Hayward? I guess my answer, I guess it would, I guess it's going to depend on these. Uh, it depends on their plan moving forward. You know, this team, the team that went to the uh, playoffs and there was a third seed, right? The team that went to the WCF, played the Warriors. That team was tough, rugged. You know, they had Seth Curry, Rodney Nurkic Hood. was out too. Yeah, Nurkic didn't even play. They had some dogs. They had guys coming up the bench scoring, guys coming up for them on nights. They didn't even know they were going to come up for them. So you got you got that team, and then you let Seth Curry go. You know, last year, Rodney Hood tore his ACL, but they weren't that good last year. Nurkic comes back. They were okay, but now you need – you. Dame, Dame is a great player. Don't get me wrong. Top 10, probably end of the 10, maybe 12, best player in the league. C.J. McCollum. Now – the thing with C.J. McCollum is I don't think he's a second star. I think he fits the mold of a third-type star, a guy who can go get a bucket, yes, but that's it. If his shot is not falling for you, he's not doing anything for you. So I think bringing in Gordon Hayward, a guy who can play D at an above-average level, who can play make for others, who can score, I think that would help them in their quest to do whatever. I don't know about to get to the championship, but in their quest to be very competitive in the West. I think they should make this trade – Portland has has kind of been um, has been kind of enforcing the mindset that they're not going to try to rebuild. Yeah. Because if they were going to rebuild, they should have did it years ago. And in all honesty, they need a third star. I don't know if Gordon is that. I know his ceiling is that for sure. I mean, he was like the fourth option in Boston. You have Kemba, Tatum, Brown. And he's still putting up good numbers. And then Hayward. And I mean, look, Hayward was putting up 17 points per game. 50% from the field, 38% from three. And this is a no-brainer for me. I mean, especially the trade package they were talking about. There's a rumored trade package of Rodney Hood, mm. Zach Collins, and Trevor Ariza. Like, you know, yes. if you can, like, Zach Collins is the main guy because the Celtics need a center. Zach Collins for his career average is six points and four rebounds per game. He only played 70, 17 minutes for his career. He, that's what he averages. Like, if you can, if it's basically Zach Collins and a bunch of role players for Gordon Hayward, I'll take that in a heartbeat. Like, that's a no-brainer for me. Because then you'd have a team of Dame, CJ, Hayward, Melo, because I'm guessing he's coming back, and Nurkic. You think Whiteside comes back? I don't know if Whiteside, I don't think he comes back because I think he wants to start somewhere, and I think he can start somewhere, and that's not in Portland. But I'm not sure about that. But I think Portland... This move doesn't, like, take them over the hump. They're not going to win a championship. They probably make it to the second round at, at best. But I think this just, it's a move to compete to get better. Yes. Because right now they're kind of stuck in that no man's land. Like, yeah, you have a star player in Dame, but That's it. You, you're really, we know that you guys are not going to go anywhere year in and year out. Like, Portland, nobody's scared of Portland. They're a team that's entertaining to watch, but nobody's scared of them. But then you have to get into the question, like, do they need Gordon Hayward? I mean, they were sixth in points scored last year. They were third in three-point percentage, and they were 15th in attempts, and they were 26th in defense. So, obviously, like, that 26th in defense number, I don't think Hayward puts them way above that number. Like, they'll probably be, like, still in the 20s, I think if, you, even I, if they get him. I think you just need another guy that's 
not Dame and CJ that can get the ball and go score. I think that's what it really is. Because when you play Portland, you know what's going to happen. You know what they're going to do. You know who's always going to have the ball. So I think with Gordon Hayward, you have another guy who can open up looks for everybody else. And if they do bring Melo back, that would be really good too. But also, like, a lot of people forget with Portland, they were really injured last year. You know, Nurkic was out. Rodney Hood was out. So they, they was missing a couple of their key guys. You know, Zach Collins, like you said, he's playing seven. But he, he, he was hurt too last year. So they were missing a couple key guys. So I think with that trade package, which is terrible, but if you could do that for Gordon Hayward, yeah, pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, Gordon, ever since his, like, gruesome leg injury. Has been the same. Well, I guess you can say that he hasn't been the same, but I think he's still been a kind of borderline all-star player. I think if he still had his team, like if he was still the number one option, he'd be an all-star, especially if it was in the East. But in the West, like even if he goes to Portland, I still I see him around that 17 to 20 points per game a night. Right. Like I don't see him, you know, all of a sudden scoring like 24. Like I think that's who he is. But, yeah, I agree. I don't think this move takes him over the top. But if you're just giving up Zach Collins, <laughs> then you, you pull the trigger. Like it's a no-brainer to do it. Absolutely. So this is the latest rumor. Not really latest because people have been talking about this for a while, ever since the Heat beat Milwaukee in the playoffs. Beat is an understatement. But do you think that Giannis will end up in Miami? I mean, Miami can try to trade for him right now, or they can try to wait it out and sign him next year in free agency when they have a max <coughs> salary cap slot. But ultimately, are you a believer that Giannis will ultimately ultimately end up in the 305? I've been... <laughs> I've been. I, I feel like it's 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 the same thing we've all been talking about. Same two teams. Same two teams. He's been linked to Heat Warriors. Heat. Where I don't. I've, I think we're all in agreement. He's not going back to Milwaukee. There was actually a report that the Warriors have a really great trade package to trade for Giannis, mm. but Giannis has said that he's not going to sign long term with them. Mm. I think that's the new approach for superstars. I think Dallas has been talking about making a great trade package for him, too. I just think we're all in agreement he's not going back to Milwaukee. I think that's set in stone. I think Miami. Now, the thing with Miami is Kendrick Nunn is a free agent. Duncan Robinson is going to be a free agent. Bam is a free agent. So now, if you're talking about a trade for this year, like this season coming up, I don't like December 22nd coming up, who are you going to trade? Bam obviously is going to have to go. Maybe one of the shooters. I don't. I don't think they ever want to give up on Drogic. So I think Kendrick Nunn is probably going to have to go. Drogic He's is a also free agent too. That's what I say. Drogic and Derek Jones Jr. Jay Crowder. Like damn near the whole team is. And I, the cognuity this team built throughout the playoffs. You know the the togetherness, the leadership of Jimmy Butler. I I'm interested to see if Giannis is going to come and that's going to be broken up. You know, you bring in a, a star player, you're going to have to give up damn near half your roster. So I don't know how this is going to play out but I do know I feel like if he doesn't get traded I think he's going to sign there regardless I don't care about the continuity mm. if you have a shot to get Giannis you you get him because Miami's not going to win a championship with this roster the only way they're going to win a championship is if they get another star player and that's Giannis like we've seen the Lakers they pulled the trigger for Anthony Davis they traded damn near their whole team Brandon Ingram he became an all-star Lonzo Ball He's we still the jury's <laughs> out on him, and then Josh Hart they traded him as well, and there was another player they traded as well to the to the Pelicans. It was it, it was just that three. I think it was just them three. It was just them three. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, it was just them three. Okay, so 
basically, yeah. So like, I don't, I don't care about the continuity because I feel like if you can get a superstar player who's a two-time MVP now, you do it no matter what. You figure out everything else later. The thing about it is that Bam out of bio, I'm not. He has to go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not, he has not to only go. because he plays kind of the same position as Giannis, like they do the same, they'd have the same role on the team, but also he's their best asset outside of Jimmy Butler and kind of Tyler Hero because Tyler Hero showed out what he can do in the playoffs. But Pat Riley has said that they he wants to keep Bam out of bio as long as he can. Like he's basically considering. Jimmy and Bam as untouchables. But he's report he said that Tyler Hero is an untouchable. Mm. Like so T can trade Tyler That's Hero. That's my thing though. If you trade, I would rather keep Tyler because he fits what Giannis wants to do. He Giannis wants to be down low. They're gonna double team him. You pop it out to a shooter. You have a front court of Jimmy Butler, Giannis, and Bam. Now that's great, you know, but that is the worst shooting front court I've ever heard in my life. And it's going to be dominant in the paint, but this league is predicated on three point shot in the in the perimeter game. So you get you keep those three, you you probably going to have to give up Hero, Robinson, and all of them. You got a bunch of guys who can't shoot on the court. I think that can be easily stopped. Now, I'm not saying somebody can do it, but if you play like say for example they play a team like L. A. L. A. can neutralize that. Not to mention with all the shooters out there. So I think Bam may he may be saying Bam is untouchable, but I don't think he's really untouchable. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it either because Bam, like, he's an all-star player. He's good and all. But to consider him untouchable, especially when it's to get a guy like Giannis, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Like, if somebody's telling me to trade Bam and then another piece for Giannis, like, I'm doing it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I don't care about keeping Bam. That's just me. But other trade assets they have is, like, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Derek Jones Jr., like, I, w- I wouldn't want to lose Robinson to Harrow. I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to lose them either. But if you're going to trade something to Milwaukee, you're probably <clears throat> going to have to trade Ro- um, Adebayo, Hero, or a Robinson, and a Nun. Because mm-hmm. this is an MVP. This isn't just a, Two-time. oh, we give you Adebayo, and then, then you're, you know, it's cool. Because I was actually checking, I think Miami can't trade a first-round pick. Because they've traded back to they traded like they Steppian, can't Steppian rule. Yeah, they can't trade first round picks in back to back years. So they're gonna have to give up their players one way or another. And I just that's why I really don't see a trade package that Miami can kind of present the Bucks that the Bucks say, Yeah, like this is good for us now and our future. I think if I'm the Bucks though, I, I think I gotta pull the trigger and I gotta get something back. Cause if you, I know Giannis is leaving next offseason, you gotta trade him. You gotta you can't just walk into offseason. He just leaves and you have a team, no offense, of Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton leading the way. Like you got to go get somebody. And Tyler Hero, he's from Milwaukee. Is he really? Well, I think he's from Wisconsin. I'm not sure if he's from Milwaukee. Really? Yeah. He's from Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I could actually search that up right now. Let me see. He, he seems to me like he's from Cali. Wow, Wisconsin. Tyler Hero, hometown. Yeah, he's actually from Milwaukee. Like he was born in Milwaukee. Wow. And he was like, he's from Wisconsin. He's from like Milwaukee. I like really thought he was from. from California. So, yeah, I mean, that may be just another reason why they would probably want Tyler Hero, if anything. Because like, he's from where they're from. That'd be like a hometown that's kid. A, if, if I'm Milwaukee, I'd bam, Tyler Hero. That's still a playoff team in the East. Still a playoff yeah, team. Yeah, with Chris Middleton, Bledsoe. Bam, you like, got Tyler Hero. You have Harrow, a good future. DaVinci, yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah, I'd do it. So the AFC South, we're gonna go into. We're gonna talk about football now. 
the Colts and Titans are both five and two right now. I know that you've been laughing at Phillip Rivers for the last year. You always like to throw jokes at Phillip Rivers because he, they also play. he throws yes. interceptions. Yeah, they're playing Thursday night next yes, week. Sir. So they're playing soon. Simple question. Who is going to win the AFC South, the Colts or the Titans? <laughs> well, both teams are really good. I think we both, me and you, can agree that we have we will have the Titans more favorable to make the Super Bowl than the Colts. I'm going to lean towards the Titans. I think they have the better quarterback. Obviously, I think the schedule favors them more than the Colts. I don't, I like, I don't believe in Phillip Rivers like you do. I don't. I think the Titans are going to get – this is off the belief that the Titans' defense is going to get it together. Desmond King is going to play that nickel position. He's going to thrive in it. Derrick Henry is going to start turning up like he did last year late in the season. This is just all – I can only speak on hypotheticals, but this is what I feel is going to happen, and that's why I'm going to pick the Titans to go through it and win the AFC. See, if you would have gave me another reason for the Titans winning the AFC South, I may have agreed with you. But all of your reasons didn't convince me as to why they're going to win the AFC South. The Colts are going to win this division. No. And you laughed at that idea a couple weeks ago, a couple episodes ago. But the Colts are going to win this division. They're 10th in offense and 5th in defense and points scored. Huge shout-out to the defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, who's been outstanding for them. And right now, their offense, it's, it's the offense that's been the problem for the Colts. I mean, huh. when, when you look at the Colts and the Titans, so on offense, the Colts are 11th in passing yards. The Titans are 18th in passing. The Colts are 25th in rushing. And the Titans are 4th in rushing. And if you were walking into the season and the Colts just drafted Jonathan Taylor and they have Hines, they have these good players, you think they'd be better at rushing. Absolutely. Their offensive line is very talented, but it hasn't put everything together because they're a top 10 pass blocking team, but they're a, I think they're 28th, 28th ranked in run blocking. So they haven't been a good run blocking team. Jonathan Taylor is 37th in yards per carry. But I like the Colts because of their defense and their offense. I think they have the more complete team. Phillip Rivers is finally getting comfortable in that offense. Last game against Detroit, he threw zero interceptions, which is an outlier for Phillip Rivers because he's a gunslinging quarterback. But just a huge shout-out to the rookie. These players that I think have been huge for the Colts. Hey. Julian Blackman, uh-huh. their safety, he's been huge. DeForest Buckner, they got him from the 49ers. He's really changed their defensive round. Anthony Walker, he leads them in tackles. And Danico Autry and Tyquan Lewis. They're both tied with five tackles for a loss, which leads the team. And Xavier Rhodes has played at a Pro Bowl level this season. He actually got back to it. That's, like, I like, that. th- like the Titans, look, I love the Titans. I like Arthur Smith on offense. But to me, their defense is too much of a question mark. Mm. And I don't think, like, Desmond King is a great player, and he's going to fix their defensive back problems right now. But for me, the problem with the Titans is they cannot get after the passer. Jadavian Clowney misses sacks. Last week, he missed two against Burrow. Like, Burrow escaped him twice. Jadavian could have had two sacks. For me, the problem is their pass rush. And I don't think they've made any moves to really make that pass rush better. The Colts are going to go one and four, one and three in the next four games. You really think that? They're going to lose to the Ravens Sunday night. Next week, this they're going to lose is, to the this Titans. This is what I have to tell you. Look, when we look at the, when we look at the Titans, Look, this is their defense. 
Their offense, what's keeping them alive is they're rushing. They're fourth in rushing. Mm. But their defense is 27th in passing and 22nd in rushing. So they're a bottom 20 team in both passing yards and rushing yards. Like I, I don't think you can win the division like that. And you're going to talk about the Colts' schedule, and that's fine. I, I looked at their schedule. It's, it's a hard, it's a it's really brutal, hard brutal schedule. coming up. But so is the Titans' schedule. I mean, the Titans, they're facing the Bears, mm. the Colts, the Ravens, the Colts, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Lions, the Packers, the Texans. The easy games on that schedule is the Texans, Lions, and Jaguars. Every other game is extremely hard. And the Colts, they face the Jaguars. They face the Texans twice. So Ravens, Packers. Yeah, they, they face the Raiders. But I'm saying, like, if we're talking, they have, they both, I think, have eight games left, right? Or they have more. I'm not sure because they both played seven games, yeah, whatever. Think, yeah, give or take. Just whatever, right? When I look at their remaining schedule, the Colts and Titans both have three easy, winnable games. For the Colts, it's the Texans twice and the Jaguars. For the Titans, it's the Lions, Jaguars, and Texans. Every other game for them are toss-ups. They, they're both facing the Ravens. They're both facing the Packers. This is, this, is where, this is where the confusion is. The Titans game versus the Colts isn't a toss-up because the Titans are going to win the game. The Titans versus the Colts isn't a toss-up? No. That's a bold take, and... I think you're going to be wrong because if anything, they're going to split split it. Mm-mm. You know, I don't know who wins Thursday night. We'll do our pickums in a bit. I'm not sure if the Titans and Colts game is on the pickums. I think that's next episode. I think so. But I I really think you're underestimating the Colts and how good Philip Rivers is going to be for them moving forward. Like I think he's finally finding his groove in this offense. <laughs> and the Titans, Dave, the loss to the Bengals, like was, I know I know scratching. last episode I said that it wasn't that serious and we should have taken that serious. And I'm still on that train. I, I'm not jumping off that train. But I'm also Wait, saying— Wait, you called the Colts in the Jags game a win, uh, easy toss-up? No, win a, that's an easy win. Didn't the Colts—the Jaguars beat the Colts already? They won't do it again. No, but don't try to say that. They, they already beat them. Don't it doesn't call, matter. Don't, that's an easy game. Don't call that an easy game. That was a week one game. Gardner Minshew was playing this. I think when they face the next time, they're going to have, like, Jake Lutton or Mike Glennon starting. <laughs> like, I don't care about that. They're going to win that game. This is gonna. And that's why I'm saying that it's gonna. This division is gonna come down to the wire. The division is gonna come down to those two games mm-hmm. that they face each other. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a good one. I, I like. I like. I like this division. It's gonna get us really fired up at the end of the year because both teams' next four or five games are crazy. It's weird because when you look at the Titans and the Colts, you would think the Colts have the better offensive line, right? But the Titans have the better offensive line. They're playing like the better offensive. No, line. they have the better one. Like. If they're playing like it, they are the better one. I mean, they're, I would, they're yeah. first in run block, blocking. They're fifth in pass blocking. And Taylor Lewan went out. Mm-hmm. And their their backup is like, his name is Ty Sombrello. He played, I might have pronounced his name wrong, but he played for Atlanta and Denver. He was a second-round pick in 2015. He stepped in that role, and he's played really well. Like, he's played really, really well. So their offensive line is really good. Even a player that they drafted was, uh, they drafted this player, Isaiah Wilson. Out of Georgia, I believe. He was supposed to fill in that role. But he's got into, like, law trouble. So he hasn't really been, like, there. I'm telling you, like, Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly. Who else they have? Ben Jones. Nate Davis has been pretty good. Roger Saffold. Tyson Braylo. Like, these are good players. So if the Titans do win the division, which is possible, I'm not ruling it out. 
it'll be like a like within a game. No, they're they're both gonna come down. So I I think they're both gonna make the AFC. I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think both teams are gonna make the playoffs. I I think it's gonna come down to the wire. Like they're gonna be up. If, if the Colts win, it's going to be by a game. If the Titans win, it's going to be by, by a game. It's going to be fun, though. I'm interested. But when the Colts don't win the division, I want you to come on here the first week of the playoffs and say I was wrong about the AFC South. That's all. I mean, I told you that Philip no, 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 Rivers no, 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 no. is going to have a great year. I, I'm sticking by that. He's going to have a great year to finish off the year. Yep. He's yep. going to be great, and they're going to win the division. Huh? I mean, for me, last year I called the Titans. Remember, you I did. called the you Titans to win the playoffs. This you, year, wait, I called the Colts. You did. You did. You called the Raiders, too, last year. Don't forget The Raiders that. were close. They, well, no, they were they like didn't six, make it, though. They were, like, they they were close. They, they were didn't close. Make, I don't want to hear close. They didn't they were make close. it. So you don't do that. The thing about it is that I wish that this year, the Titans and the Colts face each other in Week 17. I remember like two or three years ago when mm-hmm. it was a Week 17 game, the Titans versus the, versus the Colts to see who was going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota was injured that game Blaine Gabbard had to play and that's why the Colts won it but I'd like to I, I wish they would have scheduled these two teams mm, for week been. 17 because I feel like that week 17 game would have decided the division right there that'd have been fun to watch but both teams have hard schedules moving forward absolutely you know and I, I think you know you can go either way with who's going to win the division I just like the Colts even though I love the Titans as a team I just like Philip Rivers I like his kind of vengeance <laughs> tour to prove guys like you wrong that he can still play the game at a high level. And I trust in Rivers. I really do. So now we're going to move on to another AFC team. We're actually going to move on to two quarterbacks drafted in the 2018, well, no, 2019 draft in Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. We're going to talk about Drew Locke first. And the question is, should the Broncos move forward with Drew Locke as their franchise quarterback? What do you think? No. And I, I, I want to say that with the with the I want to say that with confidence, but I don't at the same time. Drew Locke, he's he's he he's a young quarterback, young, exciting quarterback. You you see why the Broncos like him. He has these games like, for example, the Chiefs when they played the Chiefs the fourth quarter, you, you see you see why the Broncos like him. You see against the Chargers, you see that comeback. You see that he can lead an exciting offense. When he puts his mind to it, and it's, I feel like for the Broncos, when it comes to franchise quarterbacks, it's just, it's a wait and see process. You got to be patient. You got to be patient, and I feel like if Denver can just be patient with, and it's going to be a lot of work with Drew Lock. It's going to be a lot of work. Mind you, not to mention he's missing his number one receiver, Cortland Sutton. He's out for the year, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of work. But you see glimpses of Drew Lock leading an exciting offense, and if you could just give, it's going to if you can just be patient. And work and work and work. I think he can end up being the franchise quarterback for Denver. My answer is it depends. And when we look at franchise quarterbacks, for me, I think it's you see it when you see it. Like it should be kind of evident what we're seeing with Justin Herbert mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow. Like we know they're franchise quarterbacks. With Drew Locke, I'm leaning more towards him not being a franchise quarterback. I think he's a he's a starter. No, he's a starter in the league. He can have some glimpses, but I don't think he's that guy to build around moving forward. But I say it depends because <clears throat> Drew Locke is actually in a great position right now, right? The Broncos aren't bad enough to to pick a top quarterback in the draft, but they're not good enough for him to totally, you know, be excluded from seeing if the Broncos want to move in a different direction. This is my reason for why it depends. 
if you get Justin Fields to Trevor Lawrence, of course, it's a no-brainer. I, yeah, I agree. It's a no-brainer. You you get rid of Drew Locke. I agree. But they're not going to have a top five pick. Right now, they have the 14th overall pick in the draft. Like, right now, that's where they stand. The two quarterbacks that they can maybe get in that range. Trey Lance. Trey Lance, but I think Trey Lance might go top 10. If you can get Trey Lance, you get rid of Drew Locke, and you get Trey Lance. And a quarterback that's coming onto the scene as of late from BYU, Zach Wilson. If you can get Zach Wilson, I'd move on from Drew Locke. And that's just me. The other quarterbacks in the draft, like Brock Purdy and Kyle Trask, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, get rid of Drew Locke for them. But if it's for Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Trevor Lawrence, I do it in a heartbeat. Like Trey, like Drew Locke has had flashes, but I mean he's only averaging 194 yards per game. Like he's not exceptional. He shows flashes, but he's just a he's just a guy to me. He's not a franchise quarterback. And I know people love his swagger and how he dances and his kind of charisma. But for me, he just doesn't show it consistently enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm confident in the Broncos moving in that direction. I've never watched Zach Wilson play. Never really watched Trey Lance play. So I'm not going to sit here and say those are completely wrong. I I agree with you. I've seen Justin Fields play. I've been high on him for about two years now. I even told you he's going to be – one of the best quarterbacks in his draft last year. I think if you can get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, duh, but they're not. I, I'm i not going to sit here and say if you get Zach Wilson or Trey, because I've never seen him play, so I can't tell you that's wrong or right. But I will say, though, this is his first full year as a starter, Drew Locke, and you're, you're right. He does show flashes. He doesn't. He's kind of inconsistent in a sense. So it's, it's going to be tough for Denver because you're right. They're, they're probably going to end up with – what top ten between ten and fifteen in the draft? So it's it's going to be tough for them to figure out what they want to do. But I know his teammates believe in him, his coach somewhat believes in him. So I know going next year he will be the starter. So he has time to show that he is their franchise quarterback. I mean, we'll see if next year is going to be the starter. You never know. You never know. Who do you think? What do you mean next year? If they could get like I'm saying, if they can get a Trey Lance, but or- you think they'll start Trey Lance right away? I mean, yeah, I think I think he's he will come into the league What's better the, than Drew Locke. Where is he from? He's from North Dakota State. He, oh, he went to the same college. Yeah, he's oh. went to the same college as once. Tune in to my boy. And where's Zach? You said uh, Boston College. BYU. BYU. Birmingham Young University. Uh, you didn't have to say. <laughs> now, nah, but yeah, I know. Like, I, I'm just not sold on Drew Locke. Like, you know, I think he could be a good quarterback, but I feel like in this league, if you, you don't it, have yeah. a top ten quarterback, you can't win consistently, or you can't really compete for Super Bowls or NFC Championship or AFC Championship appearances. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see that in Drew Locke. In a division where you have Mahomes, Raiders is coming you have up. Herbert, you have Derek Carr, who Derek Carr is like on the border of like a really good quarterback and just starter you level. You see it though. You see, you see it with Derek Carr. I, I Right now, the Broncos have the worst quarterback in the division. Mm-hmm. So if they can't find that position, it's going to be really hard to compete with, the, with Herbert Mahomes or Derek Carr. And we know Mahomes and Herbert are going to be there for years. Well, talking about Herbert, Drew Locke just beat him yesterday. Well, not yesterday. He just beat him last time. So, we'll see, man. I mean, he beat his defense. That defense is horrible. You know, everybody said, you know, he had to come back. Great game for my boy. So, now we're going to talk about another quarterback drafted in the 2019 draft. It's Daniel Jones. He missed the wide open <laughs> Deion Lewis. I think it was Deion Lewis. Yeah, it was. He missed the wide open Deion Lewis 
to tie the game up versus the Bucks. But he did have that. It TD was to, it was a pass interference, though. I'll say that. But he did have that nice pass to Golden Tate. Oh yeah, it was nice. It was nice, man. So it it's was like nice. with him, it's like I was nice. It was nice. But is it time for the Giants to move on from yes. Daniel Jones? If you, if you think you, it's time, I think if you have a, like we said with Drew Lock, if you, they, I think they're gonna probably have a chance to get Justin Fields. They have the second pick in the draft. If you have a chance to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, yes, I think it shouldn't be a debate about it. I think those two are the better prospect. Those two are gonna be better than Daniel Jones in the long run. I, I feel like that. So I think if you have a chance to get Justin Fields, you get him. If you don't, well, damn, I don't. Daniel Jones, he like it's like like that game is a perfect representation of what Daniel Jones is. Boom, perfect pass to go to Tate. Wow, this guy's really good. He can do that. Waits too long, throws a bad. He throws the ball too late to a wide open Deion Lewis, bro. What are you thinking? Decision making. He he kind of fits the mold of like when it comes to like he turns the ball over like Carson Wentz. He fumbles a lot. He throws horrible interceptions. He holds the ball too long. So he's a good athlete and he's a good thrower, but he just his his decision making is terrible. So I, I think if you have a chance to get those two, you move on. First thing I want to say is that when the Giants drafted Daniel Jones, a lot of Giants fans weren't happy about the pick. But I'm here to say that that was the right pick. I don't care what anybody says. That was the right pick. In that draft, if the Giants didn't draft a quarterback, Giants fans would have went wild. Mm-hmm. And everybody was expecting for the Giants to draft a quarterback that year. But the quarterback, they wanted Dwayne Haskins. They right? wanted Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> he got bad. Between Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins, I think it's obvious that Daniel Jones is better. So obviously they made the right pick. But is he the franchise quarterback? And to that, I say no. You know, he the, you, you said it right. You know, his problem is that he's too inconsistent. His rookie year, look, as a rookie, <laughs> a rookie has only thrown for 300 pass, three hundred yards passing, four total touchdowns, zero interceptions once. A rookie has only done that once throughout the entire season. Daniel Jones did that four times as a rookie. Mm. So that put him in, like, standalone company. He was the only guy to do that. Interesting. The problem is that he hasn't thrown for 300 yards passing this season at all, and he hasn't thrown for four touchdowns this season at all. The most touchdowns he's thrown for is two touchdowns this year. So, obviously, he's kind of missing Pat Shermer, and he hasn't adjusted to Jason Garrett that good. But it's just Daniel Jones has so many flashes that make me say, yeah, he can be a franchise quarterback. But it's just these numbers are super alarming. I mean, in four games he played this year, he had zero touchdowns, passing or rushing. That was against Chicago, which they have a good defense, right? That's fair. San Francisco, they fair. have a good defense. The Rams, fair. You know, it's it's whatever. But then this team is alarming. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, yes. He no, didn't, I'm sorry. No, we they can, scored thirty on them. We can say that's fair, but there's just no way. No, I'm sorry. No, we can't even say that's fair because it. No, no quarterback is going to go through those four stretches if you're a franchise quarterback and not score one time. I, I don't care who you are. You're going to score at least once. And and the thing with Daniel Jones is that right now he has 33 total touchdowns for his career, but he has 36 turnovers. He fumbles the ball way too much. And I know that on Monday Night Football they put up the stat of him and Ryan Leaf in their first 20 games. I'm going to be the first one to say this, that never compare Daniel Jones to Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf was on a different level of <laughs> bad, and he was he was awful. I mean, Ryan Leaf had 12 total touchdowns in his first 20 games. Mm. Daniel Jones has 33. 33. So they were on. Ryan Leaf was horrible. He was really, really bad. 
And for his career, Ryan Leaf has 14 touchdowns. So he was horrible. Don't even compare Daniel Jones to Ryan Leaf. Daniel Jones is way better. That's why sometimes I don't like these, like, graphs because they're very misleading. And they're like, oh, you know, Daniel Jones, he's in the same conversation as Ryan Leaf. Oh, that's how you know this guy's a bust. If Daniel Jones can fix his turnover problems, he's going to be a really good quarterback moving forward. But to this point, he hasn't. The turnovers are alarming. You know, like it's it's thirty six. You said, like you said, thirty six total turnovers. That's including fumbles, right? Yeah, and that's not even including his like fumbles because there's some that are recovered. Right, right, right. Right. So like he has thirty six turnovers where they lost the ball, but in terms of fumbles, I think he has twenty three total fumbles. What? Yeah, that's just that's his career. That's this season alone. No, career. Oh, 23 man. total. No, last year, his rookie year, he had 18 fumbles. This year, he has five. He's been better in that. Okay. I'm, but he has five it's, this year. It's the, like with Daniel Jones, I think every Giants fan knows it. it's the turnovers and the decision making. Like, you got to, he has to just be better at those things. And if he, like you said, if he can fix all that up, he can be a really good starting quarterback. And, and people talk about the Giants' weapons because there's some Giants fans that are still defending Daniel Jones, but the Giants have good players. Evan like, Ingram drops the ball a lot, I, though. He does. They should have won a game where he dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Darius Slayton is really good. I think he's he has, really good. Yeah, he has been utilized. I think Sterling Shepard, he's been injured, but I think he's good, too. Golden Tate. Golden Tate, right. he's a good player, too. Like, I don't think they're the void of talent. I think the Giants have talent on that team. Way more than the Jets. I mean, Sam Darnold, he's working with nothing. Like, I, with, I think he would be better in, for the Giants. Yeah, he would. Like, I think Sam Darnold, he's... One of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league right now because his numbers, like, he, he, Sam Darnold has been awful too, but there is a reason. The team is horrible. Daniel Jones has been awful, and I don't think the team has been that bad. I think it's at least manageable. Like, his talent, you can, you can, it's, you can. it's good enough you to just, play well. You just named me three really good receivers and a really good tight end. And if they had Saquon, it would have been a really, a great a running back. So that, that's manageable. When the, the defense, no. Their offensive line has been bad, though. I mean, I know the first-round pick, Andrew Thomas, he's been the worst tackle drafted of those top tackles that were drafted. Like, Tristan Wirfs is better. Makai Becton is better. Absolutely. Jedrick Wills is better. Like, Andrew Thomas has been the worst one, and he was drafted the highest. So, I, I guess we can assume they missed the ball on that one. They probably did unless he gets better. It really depends because he was great out of college. Like he had the highest grades out of college, but it really it depends. I mean, maybe it's Jared Gar- Jason Garrett's offensive system, or maybe he's just not good. It really just depends. Like it's still a wait and see because I want to see what direction they go in because the Giants they they right now have the second overall pick, but that can easily be the Jaguars. Like that spot is going to be interchangeable all year in the weeks to come. And I think the only spot that's going to be solidified is the Jets' number one spot. I think they're going to be there until the season ends. You guys aren't going to win a game. I hope you don't. (laughs) So now we're going to talk about the trade deadline. We're going to recap the trade deadline. There weren't a lot of splash moves, but there were some moves that are going to help out teams that are looking to contend. So we're going to split this into two topics. The first one is the trade deadline winner. You've been messing up all day. Yeah. And trade deadline loser. We're going to talk about the winners first. So who do you think won the trade deadline? Tennessee. Uh, I think they were one of the teams that they needed to fill that Logan Ryan role. 
they filled it. Desmond King. Now he's not going to bring their defense to elite, but that was just, just that's just just to fill a need that they needed to feed. Ah, damn! I'm just to fill a need that they needed to <laughs> fill. Desmond King was the best situation for them, so I think they are one of the winners of the trade deadline. I think the winner of the tra- trade deadline was the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. Even though I could go in the direction of the Titans, I mean, there are a lot of teams I can go de- go the direction of, like the Steelers, getting Avery Williamson, the Bucks. I think the winner was Avery Williamson. Yeah, he was. The Bucks getting Steve McClendon. The Ravens getting Yannick Ngakwe. The Saints getting Quan Alexander. But ultimately, I think the Seahawks getting Carlos Dunlap set them apart because I think that they need a pass rush. Their best, like, pass rusher was Mayowa. You know, you don't even know who that is. I don't. He, he's actually been okay this year, though. I just don't know who it like, is. I think their secondary is good, right? Quentin Dunbar, Shaquille Griffin, he's been Trey Flowers. Really good this year. Like, I think they're good. I just think they look bad because their pass rush doesn't get there, and then it gives these receivers all day to get open. But now that you get Carlos Dunlap, who can pass rush off the edge, he's a great run defender. Then you're going to get Damon Snacks Harrison pretty soon. And Jamal Adams is coming back this week. I just think with the addition of Carlos Dunlap, the Seahawks' defense is going to take a leap forward. Mm. Because it's not only Carlos Dunlap, but Jamal is coming back. Dunlap, Snacks. Like, these guys are really good players. Like, Snacks was a pro bowler. Carlos Dunlap was a pro bowler. He, he like, holds a franchise record for the Bengals' sacks. So I think the Seahawks, who have Super Bowl aspirations and already have an all-time great offense— they just needed that defense. And I think with the trade of Carlos Dunlap, they did just that. But then my second pick would be Avery Williamson. Because I think they lost Bush. They lost Bush for the year. And they needed a player to to play that inside linebacker position. And Avery Williamson was a pro bowler. He can play that position. He was really good on the Jets. And I think you add Avery Williamson on, a, on an already top three defense in the league... They're going to be even better. Absolutely. That defense is nasty. So now we're going to talk about our tread de- deadline losers. I have two. Okay, you have two. Who are your two teams? I'm going to go first. I'm going to go Green Bay. And I say Green Bay because they didn't – this is going to end up biting them at the end of the year. They didn't go out and get a receiver. Green Bay has had the same problem for about two, three years. Now. You have one receiver, and the tight ends have been pretty good. They've been playing good. The running backs – have also been playing pretty good in the passing attack. But I think you got, you're going to need, in the playoffs, another guy outside of Devontae Adams. You can't spam him forever. Not to mention, let's be realistic, Devontae Adams hasn't played a full season consistently his whole career. He's been hurt a lot. So you, he isn't going to be – you need another guy out there. And my second pick would be the Houston Texans because they have all these guys, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller. Like, it's time to rebuild. It's time to give it up. You have your quarterback for the future – He's going to have a couple seasons where he's going to have to just ride it out. But you have you have all this talent that you can trade away. You have all these assets that you could trade away and get picks from and get assets from. And you're just going to let them sit on your team. I think you could have went out there. You could have – Will Fuller, Packers were calling, and you deny it. I think Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, all these guys, I think you could have traded them, got some assets, and could have been better for the future. They don't have a first-round pick this year either. So Or second. Yeah, so Houston's you, – you're essentially picking nothing. So I think those are the two losers for me. I have three losers. I have the, the Packers are the first loser for me because they didn't get a they didn't get a receiver. I mean, you know, you could have, of course, the big name was Will Fuller. Could have got somebody, but 
I would have been good if the if the Packers went and got Dante Pettis. You know, if they would have signed him off of waivers, even though the Giants claimed him first, I get that. But I would have traded something for Dante Pettis. I mean, he has talent. He was a former second-round pick. I would have seen what Aaron Rodgers could do with him. But, of course, Will Fuller was the sexy pick, right? That's who everybody wanted them Yo, to get. what? <laughs> I mean, he was a sexy pick. He, He's good. He was a sexy pick. People wanted Green Bay to get Will Fuller. Yeah, good, you know? man. But I say that because, like, the Texans, they need to rebuild. They don't have any picks, a first round or a second one in this upcoming draft. So they, I think the Texans got too greedy. Mm. They wanted a second-round pick for Will Fuller when they traded away their best receiver, Hopkins, for a second-round pick. Right. Like, things just don't work that way. They should have bit the bullet and gotten, like, a fifth or a fourth for Will Fuller. I think build it. Green build. Bay would have happily did that. I understand why Green Bay didn't trade for Will Fuller. It's because it would have been a rental. I mean, it would he would have had to do a 14-day quarantine, and they would have got him for like six games plus the playoffs, and he's injured, so you don't know what you're really he's getting. He's always injured, yeah. So it would have been a rental, and the wide receiver market this upcoming season, Will Fuller might get a big contract, and you can't pay him more than Devontae Adams. So I understand the situation and why they, they didn't want to trade a second-round pick for Will Fuller. But the Texans should have never been so greedy and just asked for that. I think they, there should have been more stuff that right. they could have talked about. So those, those that's why my losers are the Packers and the Texans. But my loser, another loser I have is the Patriots. Like, they're another team who needed a wide receiver. You need to help Cam out at least. And the, the most notable move they made at the trade deadline was trading for a wide receiver Isaiah Ford. Belichick said that they don't have much money. That's his Yeah, they don't have, have much money. money, which is I get why they didn't trade for one or a better one, but they traded for Isaiah Ford, who has 184 yards on a year. Like, he's not going to make a difference, at least I don't think so. So the teams that have wide receiver needs lost this trade deadline because you look at the other teams that won – Seattle needed a pass rusher. Got him. Got him. Pittsburgh needed an inside linebacker. Got him. Saints needed the a linebacker. The Saints needed a linebacker. Got him. The Ravens needed an edge. They got him. The Bucks needed to fill that void that Vita Vea left. They got McClendon. And the Titans needed needed a, another nickel cornerback. Who? Vita Vea. He's injured. Oh, oh, he's a left. And then the Titans got Desmond King. Like, the Packers, they're a good enough team to make the playoffs, but they're not a good enough team to beat the better teams in the playoffs because all they have is Devontae Adams on the outside. And Everybody zones in on him. I love Adam Lazard, and he was playing really well before he got injured, but I don't think Adam Lazard is that game-changing player to be that number two to Devontae Adams. Shout out to Marcus Valdez-Scantlin, too. He's been playing really good, too. I mean, he only had that one good game against the the 49ers. He hasn't been playing very Another well. Another loser is Ryan Kerrigan, too. Guy, he requested a trade, didn't get it, stuck in Washington. He doesn't want to be there anymore. So that's another guy, too, who's a loser. Yeah, but ultimately, the Packers lost his trade deadline. They should have got more help for Aaron Rodgers. And I just don't get it, you know. You know, even if it was a second-round pick, I would have done it. Me too. Because last year— If who, you're in win-now mode, why wouldn't you do it? Exactly. Like, last year, second-round pick was A.J. Dillon. Which you guys, they whiffed on that pick. They could have got a wide receiver. But, you know, if, if you were going to draft a running back with your second overall, your second round pick, might as well just trade it for Will Fuller, even if it's a rental. Just try to win now. They're close to winning the Super Bowl, but obviously management and ownership, well, they're owned like by the league. It's weird. They, but management isn't trying to trade 
to get Rodgers somehow. They whiffed this year in the draft. This receiving draft, this year this receiving class was loaded, and they didn't pick a receiver. And they they that's that's where they first messed up. And then at the deadline, they don't go and get Will Fuller or even somebody to help out Devontae Adams. So it's going to bite them at the end. Yep. So we're going to go to our second to last topic of the show. I think people can see it on the board. It's NFL Week 9 power rankings. I wanted to make sure that said 9 and not 8. Week 9 power rankings. I'll go I'll go first. You know, we're going to go to top 10 to 1. My 10 team is the Buffalo Bills. They oh, beat okay. they so, beat the Patriots. So wait, I can I can skip that cuz we have the same 10. So Okay, if you want if you want we can go 10, 10, well, 9, 9. Us, so, yeah, we could do that. We could just go back and forth. Right, so, I have the Bills, too. So, okay. My team is the Bills because they only won because of late Cam Newton fumble. <laughs> Their defense is still questionable. And a team at I have at 9 beat them. So, that's why I have them at 10. Oh, I have them at 10 just because a win is a win. You know, they're still struggling. They've been struggling. But, nonetheless, I got to keep them there. I got to put them up and put the Bears down because they did get the win and the Bears didn't. Okay, my number nine team is the Tennessee Titans. Oh, they lost against the Bengals. That was a really bad loss, but I have them at nine because they beat the Bills. Okay. So I can't put the Bills over them because the Titans beat them. Okay, but that's the only reason I have them at nine. I have the Cardinals at nine just because of the my eighth pick. Uh, so I might as well go to my eighth pick. I have the Cards at nine because they had to buy. My eighth pick was the Titans. You know they they were five. They dropped because obviously they lost a, a stinker to the Bengals. But I have them at eight. And like you said, because they I can't put the Bills over them because of that win, because the Titans beat them. My number eight team is the Cardinals. Oh, okay. I feel like the win against Seattle was very impressive. It's easy to forget about Arizona because they're on a bye week. Mm-hmm. So they didn't play. But I think they're gonna play against the Dolphins this weekend. That's they're gonna game. beat them. And they have a top ten offense hey, and defense. Save your pick. It don't matter. I'm gonna say it regardless. Like the Cardinals, they have a top ten offense and defense. So how can I not put them in the top ten teams in the league? Of course, I, I had them not. Okay, so I'm gonna go seven. And I seven. I have the Packers. That was a bad loss. Just like the Titans, they lost to the Bengals. The Packers, they lost to the Vikings. They let Dalvin Cook run wild on them. But that's been the Packers' problem. You beat them by running the ball. That's been the Packers' problem for years. So I have them at seven. I have the Packers at seven as well. I mean, we're doing this based off Week Eight, but. The game happened yesterday, so it's fresh in yeah. my mind. I wasn't impressed with the 49ers win because the 49ers were, were injured. I didn't it I didn't just, feel yeah. like, you know, it was a whatever win for me. But they're at seven because I don't think they're better than the other teams in front of them. But I just want to give a major props to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's on a roll. He has four games this year where he's thrown four touchdowns or more. From 2017 to 2019, he only had three. And in one year in 2020, he already has four. Mm. So he's playing at a phenomenal MVP level. So that's why I have you him think, at You seven. think the, the, the GMs was in his ear? I know last season they were talking about how he's done. He's I think he's off. just more comfortable in the offense. Oh, you you want to go seven, six? I thought you were going to go. I thought it was going back and forth. I know, but you were right there. So Okay, uh, I mean, you just go six. Yeah, all right, um, Ravens. I have the Ravens. I feel like that loss was a – it wasn't a bad loss. It was, you played a great team. You played, to, you played down to the end. But then the end you lost. So I got the Steelers, I got the Ravens right ahead of the Packers. The reason why I have the Ravens on top of the Packers is because the Ravens lost to a better team. The Packers lost to a bad team. So I have them there. At six, I have the Ravens as well. And it's easy because their biggest weakness is they can't play from behind. Whenever Lamar is forced to throw the ball, 
they kind of lose. Yeah. And I have them ahead of the Packers because I think they'd beat the Packers if they were to play. But ultimately, the Ravens, they have a big weakness, and I don't think – I just think it's too big of a glaring – Wait, what's your, what you think is the big weakness? I think they have two weaknesses. Their weaknesses is that they can't throw the ball. They can't play from behind. Okay, that plays in the – I think the weakness is the receiving core, and Lamar, when he turns into a pocket passer, they can't win. Okay. So yeah, that plays – okay. So I think I think we'll have the same pick again. Who's your fifth pick? The Saints. My fifth pick, oh, pick <laughs> is the Saints. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I picked the Saints because – Impressive win, you know. You played one of the best. Uh, one of you played a really good team in the NFC, the Bears. You got to win. You grind it out. Granted, it went into overtime, but nonetheless, no Mike Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders. You still got the win. So I got him at five. Yeah, I have the Saints too. And people thought that when Mike Thomas went down, their offense was going to take a huge hit. This is five in a row for them too. Yeah, they have the seventh ranked offense in the NFL, and their defense has kind of been the Achilles heel of the team. They're twenty third in ranking in points allowed. So their offense is a seventh in the league. Is seventh in the league, and with Mike Thomas coming back, Oof. I think that's going to go up. And you know who they play this week, right? The Bucks, yes, sir. I cannot wait. We probably have the same pick again, too. Who do you have? Seahawks. I have the Seahawks. Too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I... one of the best offenses in the league, and they finally got help on defense. It's whatever. My third pick is the Tampa Bay Bucks. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, th- I think after they lost to the Giants, I had to drop them down a few spots. They didn't lose to the Giants? I mean, no, you're right. The performance. After, after yeah. they, they barely beat the uh-huh. Giants, I have to slide them down a few spots because when you face a bad team and you're a great team, have to I'm expecting you to dominate, and they didn't do that. I'm so ex- I'm, I'm guessing your second team is who? I was expecting them to do what the Bills do to bad teams. My second team is the Chiefs. My second team is the Chiefs, too. <sighs> I they didn't. Nothing was wrong last week. It's just the first team, which I'm assuming is the Steelers. They beat a great team, so I had to put the Steelers. I had to put the Steelers from three to one because they beat the Ravens. The Chiefs beat a bad team, and the Bucks barely beat a bad team. So that's why those are my two. That's true. I mean, I have the Chiefs at two because the Steelers are my number one team. After they beat Baltimore, they kind of solidified themselves as a number one team. They're not gonna have much competition going forward outside <laughs> yeah. of like facing the Colts but nonetheless oh, Ravens one more time Ravens one more time but I have the Steelers at one Chiefs at two and I mean, yeah, you the, have the Steelers at one yeah, we have essentially well. the same list yeah awesome. outside of like the first couple of picks yeah so next week is gonna be interesting so I'm, those are NFL week nine power rankings comment down below what teams you have in your top 10 we want to we want to hear them so now we're going to go on to the last segment of the day, or of the show, actually, because it's actually night. It's not even day right now. It's night. Yeah, you're crazy. NFL Pick'em Week 9. We need, like, a theme song. And let me NFL start it Let me start it back, because now the picture's finally there. <laughs> NFL Pick'em Week 9. One game already happened, the Packers and the 49ers. The Packers won. We actually recorded this segment Last episode, but the camera shut off, and I picked the Packers to beat the 49ers. I think we all did. So, yeah, so I'm one to know in that, so whatever. Now let's go to our picks. Boom. First game, Texans versus Jaguars. Who do you have? You said is, is um Texans and Jaguars. Is uh What's his name? Gardner Minshew? Minshew isn't playing. Texans. Yeah, I have the Texans too. Giants versus Washington. Who do you have? Um, This is the division game. And surprisingly, the division games have been pretty good outside of Dallas. I'm going to go with the Redskins, though. I, I I think Kyle Allen, he played good last time he was there. They're, They're not the Redskins anymore. Whatever. You know, the defense is really good out there, so I'm going to go with Washington. 
I'm going with Washington, too. I think the Giants won the first one, and I think division games, they usually split. So that's why I'm going with Washington. So wait, when are they going to find a name? I don't, I'm not sure. They they haven't even, like, announced it. So they're just called the Washington football team? Yep. That's ridiculous. So Ravens versus Colts, that's the next game. Who's going to oh, win that game? Ravens. I have Lamar Jackson. I think they're going to bounce back after that loss to the Steelers. I think they're going to come out there. I honestly think they're going to blow the Colts out. That's just my opinion, though. I have the Colts winning this game. I know it's a hot take. But oh, the Colts, wait, what'd you say? But the Colts, I have the Colts winning this oh, game. Man. They have the second best rushing defense in the NFL. They have the fifth best passing defense. And I think they can neutralize that run that the Ravens love to rely on so heavily. <clears throat> so I have the Colts for this game. Now, next game is the Lions versus the Vikings. Who do you have? Well, the Vikings coming off a really good win against the Packers. I like them, but I, I think I'm going to go with Detroit. I don't think Detroit loses this game. I think the Lions are coming off of a bad loss versus the Colts, and I kind of feel like that's why they're going to lose this game. I have the Vikings. Dalvin Cook is probably going to run wild again because Detroit's defense is not that good. It's actually pretty, really, really bad. <laughs> so I have the Vikings winning that game. Next game, Bears versus Titans. Who do you have? Now, this, is, this is a tricky one because the Bears, <sighs> that defense – I'm going to go with the Titans. I, I'm going to stick to what I believe. I'm going to stick to what I said before. I think the Titans are going to win this game, so I'm going to go with the Titans. This is a hard game. It is. They both it, – it's kind of like opposites, right? The Bears have a great defense, Elite a bad defense. offense. The Titans have a bad defense, a great offense. I'm going to I'm go, interested to see how Chicago handles Derrick Henry. That's what I'm really interested to see. I'm going to go with the Titans this game. I think they bounce back against the Chicago Bears – their offense is really bad. I mean, their play calling is horrible. And that's what I think has really been their problem, their play calling. And that's why I have the Titans. Next game is the Panthers versus the Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs. I have the Chiefs as well. Seahawks versus the Bills. Seahawks, they're on a roll. Seahawks, Seahawks. I think the Seahawks as well. Like, yeah. the Bills, they've been bad they on don't defense. Beat, they don't beat good teams. Next game, the Broncos versus the Falcons. I'm gonna stick to. I got. I got uh, Denver. I think that that win put a lot of momentum and put the energy in the team's back. And I think they're gonna go and get this win. I think the Falcons win this game. Their defense has been better since firing Dan Quinn. <laughs> and I think the culture has kind of changed where they're not. They don't feel too uneasy when they build a lead. So I have the Falcons in this What's one. What's their record? The Falcons. Uh, I'm not sure. I think they have like two wins though. Yeah, I think they have two wins because they beat Carolina on Thursday night. Oh yeah, that's okay. So, next game, Raiders versus Chargers. I have – this is actually a good game, but I think I'm going to go with – I think it ends in a shootout. I'm going to pick the Chargers. I think I'm going to pick the Chargers, too. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Chargers. I just have a feeling I'm going to pick the Chargers. I mean, they, the Chargers are a talented team. They just blow leads. I mean, if the Raiders the Raiders need this win because they're also in the playoffs. So, they Playoff need hunt, this one. Yeah. yeah, they need this win. Next game, Dolphins versus Cardinals. Cardinals. I have the Cardinals. Cardinals, Cardinals. Top 10 defense and offense. And Tua didn't look too great to me. Mm. Like I, I, He really didn't look too great to me. I think this is good. This is like Tua's first real game, his real this test. Right here, this is it. This is, this is the game that's going to really tell us what we need to know. Steelers versus Cowboys. I have the Steelers. I don't think I need to say what I have to pick. Steelers. Next game, Saints versus Bucks. I have the Bucks. Oh, I have the Saints. What, of course wait, you have the Saints. Is that Sunday night? Yeah, that's Sunday night. That should be a Monday night game. That's crazy. No, nah, I think that should be a Sunday night game. You think so? Yeah, definitely. That's a Monday type of thing. Ah, I have the Saints. Wait, that's night, right? 8 820? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for that. 
Jets versus Patriots, I have the Patriots. Patriots. And that does it. So wait, for, that's the Monday night game. Yeah, Jets oh and my Patriots. God. I will be here on Sunday night watching that game right with you. Saints Bucks. So that's the NFL pick them week nine picks. Those are our picks. Comment down below and let us know who you guys have in week nine of the NFL. So this is going to do it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. We want to thank you guys for watching or listening. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasting service from. Uh, we have a TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Our Instagram and TikTok is at Pick Aside Podcast. Our Twitter is at Pick Aside Pod, P-O-D. And subscribe to us on YouTube at Pick Aside Podcast. You can find us on YouTube if you just type Pick Aside. Thank you guys for watching and thank you guys for listening and see you next time.